What's up guys, Ray Reinhardt's here with Ray Reinhardt's Talk Astrology. Today's going to be a special episode. I'm going to be having a guest, Yomi. We're going to be discussing Uranus, the general themes with Uranus. Uh, just kind of give people an Astrology 101 on symbolism with Uranus. And then we're going to go into the transit of Uranus and Taurus. And we're going to talk history today with Yomi, specifically on the Uranus and Taurus transit. But before we get into the historical significance of the Uranus and Taurus transit, I thought I'd give just a quick Astrology 101 on Uranus themes and symbolism. So Uranus is actually the first planet beyond Saturn that was discovered. If you look at medieval and ancient astrology, they only knew the seven planets, so nothing beyond Saturn. So, so Uranus was the first of its kind. Uranus is the only planet that's been named after a Greek god rather than a Roman god, hence because of the timeline of when Uranus was discovered and then associated with astrology. Uranus mythology was uh, was the god of the sky, the creator and defender of humanity, who stole fire from the heavens to gift it to mankind. With respect to other gods, quote-unquote, in mythology, he was considered a trickster or a rebel. And that's basically like the generalized themes. That's the abnormality, the uh, eccentricity, um the the Aquarius archetype that goes goes against the standard or is the rebellious edgy kind of um, themes that that's why that plays like that and when you look at the actual astronomical associations with Uranus it if you apply the astronomical associations and characteristics with planets to their to their archetype of how the planet behaves in astrology they both do correlate. So it takes 84 years to complete one orbit around the sun. So that's through all 12 signs. As you break it down by sign, that's roughly seven years each. Uranus is ruled by Aquarius, as I said, and is associated with the 11th house in astrology. Like Aquarius, Uranus is associated with humanity, ideals, eccentricity, and rebelliousness. Again, astronomically, the planet mirrors similar themes to unusual, eccentric, and rather than having a... a and also the orbit is really weird itself, too. So if you're not familiar with the the astronomical characteristics of Uranus, it has a perpendicular axis, and it actually rolls around on its side. That's also why it has 40 days of um, 40 years of of darkness, and then 40 years of light for each and other side of Uranus. So I wanted to go over some general themes that are associated with Uranus as well astrologically, so you can apply these when you're interpreting charts or reading transits. So for themes for Uranus, general associations, it is uh, attributed to sudden unexpected changes, science or breakthroughs in, in uh, innovations, electricity, occultism. In a natal chart, it can represent a part of a person's psyche, the creative, innovative, free, freedom-seeking part of the self that's demonstrated on how an individual expresses their creative genius. The house it, um, where Uranus is at shows the area in which the life can express its originality as well as anticipate sudden dramatic changes in life. So, for example, for myself, I have Uranus in the seventh house and Sagittarius. So, I I learn a lot of really uh, extreme things or really you know weird things. Especially that's why I'm into the occult kind of stuff. So I devil deep into that, and that's where like my, my creative genius comes out. Hence my weird things that I'm into, people who know me. And also, that's also why I have really abnormal relations with other people as well, because some people that do know me uh, on a personal level are kind of like, you have a really weird social life, or the way that uh, the relations that I have with other people are really weird. That That's a great example of that. Uh, then we look at general mundane themes for Uranus. 
Uranus can also be associated with independence, originality, inventiveness, curiosity, unconventionality, rebelliousness. Rebelliousness comes up a lot. I'm referencing some of my books for these notes. That's why that keeps coming up. Idealism, unusual, unorthodox, unconventional. And then there's some more associations I have from another reference book. Uh, anybody who's interested in these books as well, they can contact me on my Facebook and I can give them uh, the bibliography as well. I don't have it all written down right here, but I've got the books um, next to me. So then I have uh, electronics, electricity, radio, television, inventions, freaks or outcasts, uh, weirdos, unexpected or unplanned events, disruptions, anarchism, revolutions, unpredictability, shock, surprises, catastrophes, including earthquakes and volcanic eruptions, Accidents, divorce, estrangement, broken ties, ups and downs of life. So, you know, um, the plot twist kind of thing. Changes in fortune. That specifically really applies to Uranus and Taurus as well. Liberty, freedom, independence, societies. Uh, the sociological aspect with uh, the 11th house in Aquarius. And civic bodies. That has to do with, you know, um, organizations, government bodies, that sort of thing. Then I wanted to go over some medical astrology associations just because I have a couple books on that as well. And that's something that I also focus on too with some of my astrological predictions. So medical astrology Uranus associations. Uh, Uranus is in the fall. It makes the native determined and headstrong. When confronted with obstacles, they are able to evade the, uh, usually able to evade them. But naturally intuitive and maybe, maybe skilled in occultism. Uh, with its fall influences, it's difficult for marriage, can cause jealousy, financial instability, sudden losses, if well expected, can indicate gains through partnership, marriage, associations, inventions, and original enterprise. So here's the actual medical astrology associations. I'm just going to go ahead and name them off. So Uranus can be, uh, can, Uranus can equate to these, or I'm going to also name different bodies that could be aspecting Uranus that would cause these events to transpire. So again, Uranus has its own associations. But when aspecting certain planets or being in certain dignities can, uh, can mean that it could apply to something else. So accidents are prone for, for Uranus. Also, Hades can also be an aspecting to that. Danger, again, Uranus and Hades. Abnormality, Uranus. Accident prone, Uranus and Mars aspects. Electrical machinery accidents, that would be Uranus. ADD, which is Attention Deficit Disorder would be Uranus and Saturn or Neptune aspects. Agitation, Uranus. Ag uh, aggression, Uranus and Mars aspects. Anger, again, Uranus and Mars aspects. Argumentative, Uranus and Mars aspects. A bloody injury would be Uranus and Mars aspects again. Uh, contortion, that would be Uranus. Uh, contrary contrariness, so abnormalities, would be Uranus. Crippling, Crippling pain would be Uranus. Cruelty would be Mars and Uranus hard aspects. Degeneration would be Neptune and Uranus aspects. Diabetes would be Uranus afflictions with Jupiter. Rare diseases. Um, I, I also uh, put in parentheses COVID in 2019. So Uranus went into Taurus. And then there was a, an aspect with uh, Jupiter and Scorpio around right around the time when COVID was, uh, basically when COVID was found to be in in populations and spreading. So rare disease with it being a novel virus that is associated with Uranus and that Jupiter signature in Scorpio. Eccentricity, Uranus. Electricity, Uranus. Electrolytes would be Uranus and Neptune aspects. Emotion. So when, when I have, um, just a side note, when I post electrolytes, like if somebody was supposed to be deficient in electrolytes 
or if some sort of symptoms came up and it was a it was a cause of electrolyte deficiency or something like that, there would be at the timestamp of the symptoms uh, a Uranus Neptune aspect going on. That's what it's entailing. And that could be transit to natal, uh, transit to radius natal, or transit to transit. Emotional shock would be Uranus. Energy block would be Uranus, Saturn, and Mars. Fits or fits of rage would be would be Uranus aspecting Jupiter, the Moon, or Mars. Food sensitivities would be Uranus aspecting Mercury, the Moon, or Neptune. Genius would be associated with Uranus. Healing or a healer is a Uranus signature, strong. Typically associated with the sun or aspecting the sun in some way. Heart attack would be Uranus and Mars associations. High strung would be Mercury, Uranus aspects. Homicidal tendencies is Uranus and Venus or a Uranus-Taurus theme. Homosexuality is typically associated with Uranus as well. Hypertension, the sun and Uranus hard aspects. Hysteria, the sun, Uranus in Gemini specifically. Imbalances would be the sun and Uranus and Venus or the moon. Aspect, uh, so, aspecting Uranus, the sun or Venus or the moon would be imbalances. Incoordination would be Mercury, Uranus aspects. Injury would be Mars, Uranus aspects. Insanity would be the moon, Mars, aspecting hard aspecting Uranus. Irregularities, Uranus. Irritability, Uranus and Mars. Lacerations, Mars and Uranus. Lightning, Uranus. Manic depression would be moon and Uranus hard aspects. Menstrual irregularities would be Uranus and moon hard aspects. Mental disease would be Neptune and Uranus aspects. Mental disorders could, could be attributed to hard aspects from Uranus to Neptune and Mercury. Mental strain would be, again, Uranus and Mercury. Migraines can be triggered by Uranus aspects to Mercury, the moon, I don't know what I put down there. It says ha. I don't think that's what it meant. Anyway, mutation. That could be, you know, cancerous growth or that sort of thing. Would be Uranus and Pluto hard aspects. Myto myocarditis, which is actually something that is a side effect of the vaccine, is a Mars and Uranus um, uh, hard, hard aspect. And fascinatingly enough, too, as the, the uh, development and then the launch of the vaccine was happening, obviously, late last year, we had Mars and Aquarius, so obviously Mars, and Mars is not Uranus, right? But see this Mars at hard aspect to Uranus. Well, Aquarius is the ruler of Uranus, and then so when Mars was in Aquarius, it's the same kind of theme as having aspects to Mars and, and Uranus in this aspect. So myocarditis can be also attributed to Mars in Aquarius. There's a side note. And I think I got one more page. Okay, yeah. So, nervous agitation and break or mental breakdowns would be Uranus, hard aspects to Mercury and Mars. Nervous disorders would be Mars and Uranus. Nervousness is is uh, Uranus and Mercury associated. Overactivity is Uranus. Overexertion is Uranus and Mars. Panic is Uranus. Per perversity is Uranus. Radiation is Uranus. Remission is Uranus. So that's that 180 kind of weird abnormality kind of happening with the remission themes. Restlessness, Uranus with the Sun and Mars or Gemini uh, dignities in those planets. Rupture would be Uranus, particularly in Virgo or um, 
the Mars, uh, Mars and Saturn also in Scorpio. A scar would be Uranus-associated. Schizophrenia is associated with Sun, Uranus, Mars, and Neptune, along with the MC. Those kind of aspects. So if you've got if you've got um, Uranus attributed to Neptune, the MC, that causes some sort of disorientation with like your view of the world. And then obviously with the Sun and Mars would be behaviors. Seizures would be Uranus, Saturn, Moon, and Mars aspects associated. Stress is Moon and Uranus or Mars and Uranus. Because emotional stress would be the Moon and Uranus. Mars Mars and Uranus would be like physical stress, uh, like acting out, that kind of thing. Sudden death can also be associated with Uranus. I wouldn't say that just specifically a Uranus-like um, signature would be... The cause of that, it's, if you go into medieval astrology, it's a little bit more than that. But it can be associated with sudden death. So uh, um, not typically natural cause death. Um, sudden illness also is attributed to Mars and Uranus aspects, uh, including the Sun and Neptune. So those are my notes. And stay tuned. We're going to get Yomi here on the line. And we're going to talk history. We're going to talk specific events, and we're going to correlate them to what's going on today, since Uranus will still be in Taurus until 2025. Stay tuned. All right, we're back, guys, with Yomi, and I'd like to welcome her to the Transit Talk podcast. Hi, Yomi. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited. I appreciate you having me on. For sure. First time, so I'm coming out the closet for everybody on Facebook that is on my Facebook, so... Hello, y'all. Y'all are going to see a new side of me today. <laughs> I'm super excited to have somebody to talk to for once. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, so let's get, let's get into Uranus and Taurus. Let me, give, give me what you got. Well, let me get my notes earlier because I did take some notes on Uranus. So the one thing that was really fascinating to me as I was taking notes was that Uranus was first discovered in 1781. This was right after the American Revolution or right in, in between all of this stuff. Because we did sign our Declaration of Independence, if I'm not mistaken, 1776. Yes. So that energy was around, I would say, even before then because of all the things that went on prior to 1781. Taurus keywords that I picked up also, which are very important in looking at Uranus right now. Taurus rules value, worth, stability fixed earth, land mass. So that does really touch on conquering other countries. For example, I do recall there was a Russo-Turkish war, which was the Crimean War in the 1770s. Yes, yeah. That has been another player in my way of believing that. We live in a reality show at this point. There's just different players on the chessboard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I see that all the time, too, because there's a lot of weird correlate. Well, it's not weird, but like synchronicity is is uh, like exact a lot more than people realize. And I think that that's the thing that's missing a lot with astrology is that a lot of astrologers don't focus enough on history. And no. I, I also think that that plays into why people are kind of inaccurate with, you know, trends and stuff, because if they just reread history, they would pretty much be able to foresee what's going on in the future. I mean, there's plenty of quotes about that. But, yeah. Yeah, you know, for sure. But um, I did write down, too, about the Crimean War, uh, Crimea War, but you probably have way better notes than me about that. 
Well, I didn't go in depth into all of it. Let me actually pull it up here because I do have some links that I have pulled up. Here it is. No, that was 1853. Actually, no, I don't have that on here. Let me look it up real fast. And you have um, the date for the Crimean War you gave me was October 16th, 1853, right? Yes, that was the one for the 1800s, but there was also a Russo-Turkish War that started in 1768, or no, it started 1764, and it ended in 1768. Russia forces occupied Crimea, and I believe they were, again, it was a fight against the Ottoman for the territory, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, so... You know what's what's interesting? I have never looked up before. My my solar fire software has like this map where you can look and see. Um, there's like coordinates, you know, like the latitude and longitude lines that are associated with certain planets and dignities. I have a yeah. feeling that that Crimea or Ukraine or whatever has to have some sort of Uranus line there because for them to have the crisis going on right now again, Uranus and Taurus and. And then it happening in 1764, he said? Yeah, that was the first one that I documented. 1764, all the way over to 1768. The second one that I had found, which was really cool, was 1853 to 1856. Another thing in history that I found that I don't ever recall really learning in school was something called the Taiping Rebellion. It occurred in 1850 from 18, 1850 to 1864. That was a revolt against the Qing dynasty, and they fought for religious conviction over regional economic conditions, over 20 million dead. This happened in the Chinese region of the world, or the China region, I should say. Oh, fascinating. That That's interesting, too, because of the what's going on in China right now with the... Um... I can't remember the name of them, but the Muslim like faction that's in China, how they're being yes. they're being put in camps right now. Wow, that's that's yes. fascinating how that ties to that. Yep, and then of course you have Taiwan, who wants to be an independent country today, and they're owned by China, but China does not want them to be an independent nation. And I do believe this week, or it was about about a week ago, there was exercises where China was flexing its muscles over mm. Taiwan last week. So there's a lot brewing in the world. Like I said, it's 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 a chess. It's a game of chess. Yeah. Where are the pieces moving to? For sure. Yeah, I'm trying to look in, look in my map real quick to see if there's that Uranus line because I'm, I'm convinced. Uh, let's see. Okay. So there's a Saturn... It's a Saturn line that goes through, through uh, Crimea, Crimea or Ukraine or whatever. So, dang, I thought I was close. I was like, dang. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. But <laughs> that's how we learn. I mean, that's that's literally how we learn at this point. Because I learn, like I've always said, from watching you, Theodore, Peter, so many other people that I watch. You guys are the ones that have taught me. And made me better. I mean, I'm not the best, but I, you know, I try to learn as much as I can. For sure. And that this is the way we learn. I mean, I have to say, too, like, I, I, I'm thorough with Uranus stuff, but I, I uh, actually learned quite a bit of things just going over my books. I mean, I have too many books, and I, I'm guilty of not reading them all extensively. But, uh, you know, just having this kind of, like, 
we gave each other like assignments to look at all this. I learned quite a bit, um, and, and even some of the stuff I previously talked to that you'll hear in the rest of the episode in the beginning, there's some associations that like kind of just blow your mind. And other things that I wrote down too historically that I thought I'd just mention um, that were kind of blowing my mind as well. So I, um, you know how the, the shipping crisis that's going on right now? We just had yeah. that. We just had that eclipse that was, uh, I believe it was in Tor. Uh, yeah, it was in Taurus. Uh, that was foreshadowing. Uh, it it was either in in Taurus. Yeah, I think it was in Taurus. Or it was something to do with Uranus. Uh, the twenty twenty ninth twenty eighth degree of ugh, blah twenty seventh degree of Uranus and Taurus is associated with bankruptcy. And I associated yeah. that with something to do with the eclipse that happened towards the west coast. So it's happened to do with the shipping containers or whatever. Fascinatingly enough, if you look at December 7th, 1850, the first clipper ship was built and launched. This is the first ship that, that now is the predecessor to all of the uh, bulk freight ships that come across the ocean. So, a different Uranus transit, this actual launching of how we get goods transported internationally was launched. And now we're in a Uranus transit again with Uranus and Taurus, and now there's this huge problem going on with it. So, I, I mean, and I, I know how Uranus works. I told you hold the whole Wonderland kind of theme. So, back then, the, the innovation in 1850 was they created these bulk freight ships. And then now, there's all kinds of problems, probably aftermath of the Uranus-Pluto square, uh, that's now rolling into the Uranus and Taurus transit that's causing us to have problems with and and dysfunction with that inv inventiveness of the the transit for all of our bulk bulk goods and stuff and then i found out interestingly i watch the daily wire a, a lot i don't know if you you're you're into them but they've been talking about they basically trash talk the new york times a lot i mean because the new york times posts some really wacky stuff and the new york times was also published its first uh issue in, on September 18th, 1851, again, which was a Uranus and Taurus transit. So what I've noticed is that the New York Times is trying to kind of set um, social norms or new social norms for the country. They're the ones that are, like, introducing new lingo that's, like, you know, progressive or left-wing, that kind of thing. They're pushing it. And I find it interesting that they, they also establish their paper during a Uranus and Taurus transit. Like, they're trying to... Uh, what's the word? They're trying. They're trying to like change the status quo, or because Uranus is, is associated with progressivism as well, and and Taurus like uh, strikes me as like traditional values. Uh, you know, a foundation like Tauruses usually don't like to change. That no. It, it, so they're the ones that are threatened a lot by change. So. I think when Uranus is in Taurus, it's a lot of, like, society being pushed to change in ways it's not ready to. And I, I think that that correlates as well. Uh, and then I saw that there was, uh, July 4th, 1852, there was a speech called The Meaning of the Fourth of July to the Negro. And I watched that the other night, because obviously this is an event that happened during a Uranus and Taurus transit. And it was a black man, Frederick Douglass, talking about how actually the 4th of July is important to the blacks and that the constitution should be, you know, um, upheld by the black community and they should be pushing for it to actually fulfill its empty promises. 
and that's what they were talking about, you know, um, abolition of the slavery and all that. So I think it's fascinating now that in the Uranus and Transit tours that we're going in right now, a lot of the black community or Black Lives Matter is rising up and saying we need a different national anthem, we need to separate ourselves from America. So it's, again, almost seems like they're they're kicking themselves in it it in the in the back more or less or something in comparison to how they were you know tourist transits a long time ago like the the publishing of the New York Times the shipping the the shipping boats and then the, a black man saying that we should value the constitution it's almost like the unraveling is happening now in this kind in, in this Uranus and tourist transit and I'm trying to figure out exactly what might be causing that. I really do keep thinking it has to do with the aftermath of the Uranus-Pluto square. What do you think? I mean, I think it does, but you also have to remember you have Neptune and Pisces. That's true. One, one thing that I have read a lot of about, you know, I have heard that Mercury does rule communications, and I did remember there was an astrologer, I believe it was Peter, who was mentioning that what's got everyone so diluted at this point to where no one, there's so much confusion in the world right now is because of that Neptune. Oh, yeah. Neptune to me is one of the biggest players right now that no one's really paying attention to because the further and further and further we go into Pisces, the more of that dilution we're going to be seeing because think about it, Pisces is the very end of the Zodiac. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, and I've actually done my, my homework, too, on um, Neptune and Pisces transits, because when it first went into Pisces uh, in 2012, um, yes. a, a couple years after that, I did a huge, like, YouTube video on it. And and I was overwhelmed by what I was learning. But the, the one thing that I do remember recapping on is mental, mental disorders, uh, uh-huh. like there being a rise of, of people being mentally ill, uh, confusion and, and a dissolving of borders across the world. So, oh, yeah. And also socialism and um, generally socialism and communism are themes. Also, I, yep. when I look back historically, too, with uh, Neptune and Pisces, the last time Neptune was in Pisces was when, uh, what's the name of that guy? He was very popular. Um, the guy who um, produced, oh, my God, I can't believe, I can't, Karl Marx, there we go. Yeah, Karl Marx was, like, super popular last Neptune in Pisces Transit, and I think he was alive then, or it was the previous one. But uh-huh. but this whole collective melding and, like, uh, loss of reality, where everybody doesn't see themselves as an individual, that right there, I, I that does play... Neptune plays a lot into that. Yes. Um, it, and, you know, it's funny, too. Uh, looking at the Crimean War chart for 1853 that you gave me, I noticed that... Eris was was uh, within an orb conjunction of Neptune and Pisces in, during that time. Did you know that? That I did not know. Yeah, so that means that, that more so it was even worse then. So back in 1853, um, they were experiencing the same kind of disorientation and, and loss of reality as we were. And basically, it, it, with Eris being conjunct that, it caused all kinds of disruption and anarchy and and deaths, and that, so that goes back to how many people theoretically died during that, and all the loss that happened at, because of it. Um, but yeah, yeah, Neptune's definitely a huge player in that. Um, I was actually, I should actually look and see if there's any Neptune aspects going on with some of these charts I have. So what I had down was 
I, I first had um, Uranus and Taurus in 1515, Uranus and Taurus in 1599, Uranus and Taurus in 1683, Uranus and Taurus in uh, 1767, and then 1850, 1934, and then 2018. So let's see. What do we got going in the 1515? Let's see. I'll look that up, too. I, I thought the 1515 one was pretty interesting. I was mentioned to, to you, the uh, I think it was last night, about Puerto Rico. Which, yes, I didn't know about that. Yeah, so for anybody who, uh, who's obviously listening, I was telling uh, Yomi about how Puerto Rico was the first uh, European established colony. And it happened in like the early 1500s. 1515 is when... Uranus went into Taurus, so this is when it was officially established. And um, I can't remember the the name, the first name, but the last name of the guy was Amerigo, which that's where they got the the quote unquote Americas from. And it's interesting because this Uranus and Taurus transit in fifteen fifteen, that's what five hundred plus years, five hundred plus yeah. years later, Puerto Rico is now officially recognized. I, I don't know if it's in writing yet, but it was passed in legislation that they're the 51st state of the United States of America. So that's pretty interesting. And another thing I noticed too, because I get into motives and stuff, um, the, I was looking at the motives for why they're establishing... We obviously know why... Well, in, in general, we kind of assume why historically they were uh, establishing colonies over in the Americas. It was it was to basically... It's for greed purposes, basically looking for new territory, new property they can own. And yeah. when I looked at the chart for when Puerto Rico became the 51st state, we have similar signatures again with Uranus and Taurus to showing that they're doing it basically to gain votes or gain some sort of tax or something like that on people of Puerto Rico. So it's not like they're they're including them because, hey, we want you to be included, you should be recognized, blah, blah, blah. There's ulterior motives with people in Congress that want to use them for either extra votes, extra seats in the House, and or tax increases, that kind of thing. Because I don't know what... I don't know anything about Puerto Rico, so I don't know if, like, they have to pay taxes or when they were a territory, how that went. I just know that they were kind of, like, left out high and dry when when hurricanes came by. But, well, yeah, well, see, I'm Puerto Rican, so I can kind of tell you a little bit. Okay. Um, we are, from what I understood, Puerto Rico has always been a colony of the United States. They don't pay taxes whatsoever. What they do pay, or they don't, I'm sorry, they don't pay taxes what they do instead is, you know, they're given social security numbers and they get to retire and obtain Medicare and they, they benefit from all of our benefits that we have here. Uh, and I believe it's because there was war exercises that occurred off of one of the islands in Puerto Rico. And in exchange, the U.S. military gave or the United States told Puerto Rico will allow you to be a colony. That way we, the U.S., could do exercises around that area of Puerto Rico, off those on those islands that are off of the area. But as far as I know, when I went there, I've only been there once. They don't pay taxes, but uh, the cost of living is very expensive there. Ah, okay. So that makes sense. That's why I'm seeing that, that, um, that theme there, because in the Puerto Rico 51st state chart, we have Black Moon Lilith conjunct with Uranus and Taurus, 
retrograde um, with Uranus there. And just with other aspects going on to it, we have opposition with the sun. It's um, a uh, Scorpio Stellum with the fortune aspect. And let's see. What else has it got? It's also got an aspect to Hades, too. Uh, so basically what that insinuates is, like, Black, Black Moon, Lilith, and Taurus is associated with greed. Like, the just like the deadly sin of greed. It being conjunct yeah. with Uranus kind of says that they're willing to... Uh, kind of do something out of the box abnormal in the name of greed it's in the 11th house so and then with that stellum of scorpio being in the fifth house they're wanting to control puerto rico and for monetary gain yeah i mean that's really what it's about yeah and i mean i i don't like to you know I, i'm real i'm a realist i don't like to just shed a negative light, more or less, on some of these things. But Uranus, if you look in evolutionary astrology, uh, Mark Mark Jones is one of the guys that I, I look up to a lot, and I've gone to some of his workshops and stuff like that. He uses the evolutionary astrology themes with Uranus being a trauma signature. So the way that he applies it in every chart anywhere, he says this is where somebody experienced trauma, this is where somebody will experience trauma, or this is where tra traumatic events occur. So it, it can be taken in positive light, but in this ret retrospect, having it conjunct with Black Moon Lilith and then opposition with uh, the, the fifth house would mean that they're looking to traumatize more or so or, you know, sacrifice any, anything that they have in Puerto Rico to basically tax the living hell out of them so they can get money and revenue off them and also have additional seats in the, in, in the house because they're... What I what I'm kind of picking up is that the Democrats were primarily pushing that, and they were thinking that they would get potentially other Democratic seats from Puerto Rico. Uh, since you're, I know you've only been there once, but what do you, what is your perspective on the the political climate in Puerto Rico? Like, do they like the United States? Do they have political leanings, or do they or are they just kind of like out on their own? Um. From what I've seen, there's a lot of, from what I've read, from family members that post things online and things like that, it's a very corrupt political system in Puerto Rico. A few years ago, I do believe, they, the island itself protested against the governor that they had at the time. I can't recall exactly what he had done, but they wanted him out of office because there was no jobs. Crime is astronomical out in Puerto Rico. Like I said earlier, the cost of living is expensive. And these politicians, just like here, make all these grand promises of what they're going to give the people. Right. In my personal experience, when I went over there, and this was when I was 15 years old, so 2000, I remember that there in Puerto Rico... People don't have, you know, they live with their only bare necessities. They don't have the luxuries we have here, air conditioning, hot water heaters. Some places you go shopping and, you know, there's only so much available for people. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the financial implications of Uranus and Taurus and see what you got there for that, Yomi. Okay, so... I was reading in history about Black Thursday, which is the day the stock market crashed due to nervous investors selling their shares. 12.9 million shares were sold that day. And 
And when I looked at that chart, what really caught my attention was we had Pluto and the moon over the nation's sun. So that does kind of kind of give me that panicky effect because something's going on that should not be happening. Uranus was where? Let me take a look again. Uranus was on the nation's IC line going into the fourth house at four degrees Aries. Okay, is that is is that the 29th, October 29th chart you gave me? No, I have October 24th. Okay. Oh, no, Th- hold on, they gave me the wrong chart, I'm sorry. That's right, because the, because the reason why we have Black Friday, I, I don't know if you know this, but the reason why Black Friday is a tradition is because it's supposed to be like a mockery, a panic of people going out and buying stuff when the stock market crashed. So, yep. so, so Black Thursday is supposed to be the Thursday, that's why Black Friday is... Black Friday. Okay. All right. I got the right chart chart pulled up now. So Chiron was conjunct the North Node in the fifth house with the United States chart that day. Ah. Okay. Hold on. 19. I'm getting that chart up too so I can look at it. Okay. Uh, and then on the midheaven, you had Venus and Mercury conjunct. Venus. No, Venus on the MC line. So that's money right there. Right. In public. Like that's right. That, that right there explains the values money in the public sphere you have it being communicated with mercury and the sun is teetering between the 10th and the 11th house based out of it gives me a what time do i have on here 5 31 p.m is the time of the chart that it gave me okay there we go 5 31 I was like sitting here, like listening to you, and I'm like trying to line up the planets. I'm like, okay, I almost got it, almost got it. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. So retrograde. That's interesting too. Yeah. Going into the sixth house. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to. Th- uh, so one thing that um I I pointed out a couple years back when Uranus went into Taurus initially, I was looking at the chart for 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 um, you know the stock market crash and all that and what i determined is that it there essentially there there was a plan to cause a crash because again as i as i said earlier in my podcast where i called you i i made the reference that uranus and taurus is associated with innovation and breakthrough so when the industrial revolution was was picking up from that's primarily uh, like on the coattails of Uranus and Aries, and then when in Uranus and Taurus, the the inventions started coming to fruition, like the refrigerator, the light bulb, those set, the automobile, those sorts of things. So instead of like an average Joe who created like the light bulb or the fridge or whatever, making money and then pocketing it and 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 you know passing it down to his own family and his kids and such, the government wanted to subsidize it and take control of it. So yeah. the way that they did that was that they were going to cause this huge gap in wealth with the people who are at the top top percenters with money and just like the average Joe working American. So how does that correlate to what's going on right now? Well, we're having an electro like a technological evolution revolution right now. So yeah, we're at that like I was telling my husband today. We're in that we're in that in between moment where we're starting to go in, in, in that direction. Right. Yeah. So if we, if we take the motives of the government back then, um, that's when like FDR was trying to, 
he he put that you know social service thing into play. Which yes, I'm sure that the, I know that the social services has helped people in need since then. But I think in all honesty, it's crippled motivations more so. But what it was is it was supposed to appease people. So, like, yeah, we took everything from you. Yeah, you can't benefit from the stock market. Yeah, you can't benefit from the inventions with the Industrial Revolution. But here's some food stamps. The same kind of thing's happening now. Yes, you can't go to your job because of the COVID lockdowns. Yes, you can't do this. Yes, we're going to be taking this away from you. But here's some stimulus checks. The same kind of thing is happening. And, you know, it's... Too with a lot of the uh, censorship and like crackdown they're trying to do with like people online. I'm not saying that people that have OnlyFans or whatever should have should not have to pay taxes, but I think it's really petty that <laughs> the government feel, yeah. feels the need to come in and like really try to control people on the internet. And that's the that's the thing I love about the internet though. The internet's ruled by Uranus and Neptune. And there's no way, there's no man on Earth that will ever be able to fully control the internet. They can put all these kinds of, you know, um, barriers up and restrictions and try to funnel people to use only sites that they can control. But it is an abyss and as deep as the ocean and there's no way that they're ever going to be able to control all aspects of it. And that's what I love the, the most about this because, yes, we are mirroring situations with the stock market crash of 1929 right now, but... The the ability, f uh, the way that they were manipulating everybody then has been totally squashed now because of technology. So I, I think that that's really funny. And um, I, I don't think that we're going to be as bad as they were back then. But I, yeah. I still am really wary and kind of pissed, actually, about the government continuing to do this. Um, I mean, and this obviously isn't just our, our government either. Uh, I, I'm always torn between if it, there's like a one world government that's that's pulling the strings with America or if America's actually the origin of the one world government and that's why America tries to spread its democracy everywhere. I'm kind of torn about which one's which, but you know, I hate to sound like I don't like the country because I do. I love the country, but I just don't love the people who abuse it. But, no, um, of course. I'm there, I'm there with you too. It doesn't help though that you have people who are running our country who have very far Marxist views. Yeah. Then they also use that power of the mass media to do propaganda and influence people to be a certain way. Right. Sorry, that was just my computer. I was trying to pull oh, I was trying to pull up um I think it was, uh, I can't remember the exact time, but one of the Uranus and Taurus transits that we've talked about was right around the revolution, which I think is something huge that we, we needed to talk about. Uh, funny enough, there there's also, um, let me see, there was also some sort of popularity with communism or socialism uh, back during the revolutionary times because... Uh, I, I'm a history buff with, like, the, the Founding Fathers and all that, and I have a bunch of, like, their bi biographies. And yeah. Benjamin Franklin, like, talked really nasty about um, about uh, Marxists. And he actually named them. And then he and he, he also said that, like, that Muslims, not, not both together, but Muslims and Marxists are both trying to infiltrate the United States. Or the colonies at that time. So, I, and I find it interesting that we're still dealing with that again today. So, so I do think that 
not only is Neptune and Pisces uh, indicative of like the Marxist, you know, kind of um, infiltration, but the Uranus and Taurus, they're using their Marxist. That that that's the difference between now, I guess, and previous times. That they're actually using their their um, their, I, I guess, psychological tactics and conditioning with their Marxist views to actually infiltrate social norms, and and I I do think that that correlates with uh, them indoctrinating kids in schools now. Oh yeah, it, which is which is really huge. But um, uh, so the other thing we were going to talk about was the revolution of the United States. So uh-huh. so yeah. So right now, if people aren't aware, I mean, most people should if they're listening to this this podcast that the that the United States is going through its Pluto return. And didn't yep. you mention that they were going through a Chiron return too? We're going through a Chiron return. Yes, I saw that in the U.S. chart for today. Let me actually pull it up for today's date. Thirtieth. All right. So, the United States is gearing up for its Chiron return, or it's probably already in it at this point. I looked up the Sabian symbol for twenty degrees Aries. And that, where did I put it? I have so many papers in front of me. Oh, you're good. <laughs> that was me earlier, too, shuffling through papers. I know. Let me just pull it up on the computer. Let's just do it. I would rather shuffle through all the papers in the world than pull stuff out of my ass, though. I guess just, like... <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. I'm like, I'm sitting here like, I don't want to give, like, wrong information. Well, and that's that's what I appreciate. See, that, and that, that's also where I kind of butt heads with other people because even some credible astrologers like they they know their stuff but then like when they're asked something they don't really know instead of them just being humble and like let me go let me go re- uh, you know review some references and get back to you they just don't want to like make it look like they don't know so they just like kind of pull something out of their ass and then 20 people go and repeat that thing they pulled out of their ass and then those exactly. you, you know just drives me crazy anyway I'm not gonna no, for me, for me, it's it's. I would rather mess up and and look it up and say, okay, this is accurate, then turn around and just tell somebody whatever, and then they come back later and say you were so wrong. No. Right. No. It, right. And you have to think about how misinformation spreads. I mean, it, it it goes back to like that that uh that example of when you play the telephone game in kindergarten. If one person on one side of the room whispers something to somebody and it goes all the way around the room, the last person is going to say something completely distorted than what was really said. So if you were wrong from the get-go, think of, like, the repercussions that your misinformation causes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I have this pulled up. Chiron in 20 degrees Aries. The Sabian symbol is a boxer entering the ring. It talks about using power to dominate people or those who challenge you, waiting to knock people out, storming in and taking over, looking for combat, being combative. That's legit. Fighting for emotional, psychological, or physical space. And it sits in the fourth house of the United of the fourth house of the U.S. chart. Is it in? The, wait, hold on. Oh, I have equal. There we go. I was like, wait a second. I'm like, what? Hold on, let me let me edit my to Placidius. Okay. There we go. I was like, wait a second. I was looking at the chart with you, and I'm like, wait a minute. It's in the fifth house. Let's see. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 There we go. Yeah. Um. 
So, so it's not technically by by my software, it shows that there's not a square between Curon to Pluto, but within it being you know a ten degree orbital, it's it would be for the USA's chart. So, like, there's an actual square going on between Curon to Pluto, and then mm-hmm. with Curon being in the fourth house too, that has to do with like in, in Hori astrology, that has to do with right now it, in and the fourth house is like the homeland. So yeah. there's so, the Sabian symbol yeah. about people boxing in the ring or whatever that you were just saying that that's very indicative of the the colonists fighting back and what were they fighting for it's squaring Pluto there so they're fighting for the the revolution because that's what you know Pluto and Capricorn's all all about the revolution of their future homeland because again Taurus is associated with land and all that as well so yeah um. Yeah, so we're approaching a cure on return. Let, let's see. I'm going to look at the chart and fast forward. I that. mean, as I look at it, what I feel, it's almost like an identity crisis almost is what we're going through right now. It's you have two sides. You've got those that believe the propaganda and they go through and they go with it. And then you have those that are against mandates, are against the vaccines, are, you know, like, no, it's about our freedom. Right. We're literally in the middle of what I feel to be an identity crisis as a nation. We're in the midst of the return because we're, we're wanting to change so many things. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. It's hard to figure out who we are as a nation today. I mean, that's how I would perceive it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that also plays into the the Neptune associations too just because that's that whole melding and losing sense of self yeah actually had let's see i wrote down one of my papers uh never mind i'll take that out i I thought i had something something insightful written down in my papers with aspects but i but it was about the crimean war (laughs) but anyway um all right, so there's been some interesting things going on between Russia and the United States when we're talking about, obviously, tensions with Uranus and Taurus. And Yomi's got some uh, insightful notes on that, um, just about what's been currently going on with some of the like the hardcore Capricorn energy going on. So what do you got? All right, so we already know that Capricorn rules the government, the elites, right. those in charge. We had a stellium during the week in the sign of Capricorn. In the NATO U.S. chart in the second house, we have Pluto and the moon in conjunction natally. During this week's transits, we had Mars go into Capricorn. We still had Venus in retrograde. We had Mercury stationing. And then one thing that was really telling was finding Pluto conjunct Juno on the U.S. chart conjunct the natal Pluto. When I looked up the definition of that specific placement, it talks about that it marks the end or the beginning of a relationship. Uh, when you look at the events of this week, based on my you know, way of looking at everything, we gave Russia a written order ultimatum and told them that what happens next would basically, their decision would determine what happens next. Right. Um, I really do have a feeling that I, with like Peter Novak had stated, we're gonna, there's gonna be some activity popping. There's gonna be some more that pops off because Mars going in indicates that drive that something is going to be happening because it's direct. And then you gotta remember, it's gonna be walking with Venus for quite a while here in a bit. 
once right. they can jump. Yeah, and and this does tie into a well uh, as well with like the Ukrainian Russia, the Ukrainian Russia crisis is what's going on right now, and then the yes, Crimean War. So I I actually that that paper that I picked up earlier I actually know what it's about now. So I was looking at aspects that correlate with the Ukraine Russia crisis, which officially the the date on that it started uh, March third twenty one is when Russia started uh, having troops like on the border of Ukraine. Uh-huh. And uh, then I also put down the date you gave me, um, October 16th, 1853, for the Crimea War. So the, the similarities uh, with aspects going on. We had a Uranus, we have a Uranus-Saturn square during the, the quote-unquote signature for the Ukrainian-Russia crisis. So again, right. that goes into the rebelliousness or like challenging, causing chaos with the government status quo. So the government or... Um, Saturn can also be, represent borders a lot of times, like walls yeah. and borders. So when you're having um, Uranus squaring squaring Saturn, that would be a, um, challenging the status quo, challenging the norms, and also rushing the border. That correlates to with also Neptune still being in Pisces. Also, when I look at the Crimean War, the, the only similar signature that would be there would be in the Crimean War, there was Saturn square Eris. So Eris does come uh like the the um associations with eris kind of are similar to uh to uranus in certain ways i don't know if you know know a lot about eris but i'll go ahead and read off let me see read off its associations so eris is named after the ancient greek goddess of strife and discord um it's Let's see. astronomers define it as a planet leading to the invention of the category a dwarf planet uh Let's see. Eris seems to be a force for evolutionary movement, an agent of change, and then some. Eris moves incredibly slow through the zodiac in terms of character or influence. There is impatient with this symbol, a sense of being driven to do something. When something when someone then does what someone then does may or may not prove to be clever or useful, but at least Eris sees that something is happening. So reckless acts that kind of thing is associated with Eris so it's not as random per se but it, you, you see how they can be similar to Uranus themes so that's yeah. the same signatures that uh, the, the uh, squaring Saturn so something um, unstable and abnormal squaring Saturn is a correlated with that so I wonder if there's anything is there anything squaring Saturn currently like you were talking about last week, we've got, so, oh, that's funny. Uranus is, yeah, Uranus is still squaring Saturn right now. Yeah, I was just looking at it, I'm like, I think they're still in a square. Yeah, yeah, they are, and I, I think that's going to be for a good minute. Let me look and see how long that's going to last. Let's So, it looks like it's staying with us throughout the year, but it doesn't get exact. I I always give a ten degree rule unless it's like uh, Black Moon Lilith is usually has like a three to five degree rule. So yeah. it's still within. Let's see. I'm fast forwarding to April. 
it's it's gonna be a wide orb, but it's still there. When do, and then Saturn goes retrograde in June. Mm-hmm. And let's see where. I yeah. have on October twenty first, twenty twenty two. October. The, they end up squaring by a degree orb. Yeah. Yeah. The so the North Node is conjunct. The North Node is conjunct Uranus as well by four degrees. Okay. Yeah. So basically, what this is telling me, since like they're a wide orb, and then they're coming closer throughout the year. That the when they get closer together, that there's going to be some sort of um, challenge or conflict or like maybe dialogue with Russia or to Russia uh, about what they're doing. Um, but yeah, yeah. So um, I also did write down what's the difference between 2021 versus 1853. So the Uranus square Saturn aspect would be trauma to or by governmental government or authorities uh, uh, engaging in abnormal protocol and rebellion. And then for 1853, the Aries square Saturn would be chaos with the traditional established order. So 1853 is when that whole religious persecution thing was going on too, right? I think so. Yeah, so that makes sense with that. So the the associations with Uranus and Taurus, both in these time frames, was, would be stepping out of the norms for greed-driven purposes and violating boundaries. So that will be the general theme with Uranus and Taurus with when we're talking about like a, a geopolitical kind of uh, foreign policy standpoint. So, I mean... Overall, we're going to definitely be seeing a lot of instability with Uranus and Taurus. Like, just summing up kind of things. I, I would be very cautious about the, the stock market. Do whatever you can to, you know, be financial, financially or self, self-reliant. self Like, you've been doing a really good job with that. Like, Oh, yeah. That's, that's the number one piece of advice I'd give anybody right now. I, I personally have Uranus. Or I have Taurus placements in my chart. I have my sun, my Venus, and my moon. So this planet has been doing some serious work on me since 2017. No shit. The one thing that I can say to people right now is learn to sustain yourselves. Um, If you can grow your own food, do it. If you can get together with your community, your neighbors... And do a garden, do something. You know, I'm not going to say that I feel it's going to get as bad as it did back then, but it doesn't hurt to always be prepared. Because we have to also keep into account, we're at at a point in our country today, we're all very separated. We are all divided. The last time we were ever united, my husband brought this up, and I really do agree with him, was 9-11. Yeah. With what we're seeing in regards to political news and what different countries are doing and what they have the capabilities of, not trying to instill, instill fear in anybody, but you never know what can happen. Pearl Harbor happened and no one knew anything about it. It just happened. Um, same thing with 9-11. We had no clue what was coming until it actually happened. Right. There's going to be another event that's going to shake us to the core. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm apprehensive about I I don't know if it's going to be internally or externally or both. It might be both just because of the aftermath of the Uranus Pluto square, but one of the things I I also uh have noticed when I was looking at like history events when we've been doing our homework, uh 
is that yep. when Uranus went to Taurus in the 1850s, basically the there was some sort of uh, social tensions going on between the polarizing, you know, uh, more more identity crisis kind of thing going on with yeah. the United States. I think that we, we just have, like, this polarizing identity, and I think that it's the clash of, of trying to make it work is where our identity crisis originates from. But yeah. basically in 1850, there's all these talks about how the the tensions were rising and presidents were trying to appease both sides to prevent a civil war. So after the after the Uranus and Taurus was well into its transit, which I would say that equates to maybe like next year or so, that's yeah. when hostility started to build up and there started to be a lot of potential civil war unrest going on in the United States. So the Black Lives Matter really ramping up its its activity. I'm trying to be, like, you know, impartial about it. Activity <laughs> and all that. Um, I think that that's indicative of the polarizing and, like, the chaos going on. So um, I think that it's super important, obviously, to be self-reliant, too, like, as you were saying. All right, so before we continue to talk everybody's ears off, because it seems that me and Yomi could talk forever, uh, that... that Seems like some good news for maybe to be continued episodes in the future. We'll see if you would like to come back, but we'll go awesome. ahead and we'll go ahead and call it a day. Uh, do you have any other, um, like I guess, sound off advice for anybody? Me, I mean, no, I mean, pretty much. It's right now we have got to learn to rely on ourselves. Like you said, the nuclear family is where what we need to put our focus on, because once shit goes down. It's going to get wild. And people that live in the big cities are the ones that are going to be affected first. Oh, yeah. That's that's the first thing I've been telling people, too, is just to move away from the big city, be as independent as you can. That's all we can do. And be a rebel. Yep. And, you know, that you're being a really hardcore rebel, you know, with all with that Taurus Uranus being conjunct with your son. You, you know, you move away from the big city, you get a house, you cut people off, you grow your own farm. I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah. All right, well, stay tuned for our next episode, or my next episode. I'm hoping Yomi comes back. This was fun. Um, and... I'll definitely come back. All right, so we'll see you guys next month. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for, uh, you know, subjects you'd like us to talk about, hit me up on Facebook. Talk to you later, guys.